you call him daddy? Do I call her daddy? Call her daddy. <laughs> Hey guys, it's RJ the Magician back at it again with another episode. That was an intro stolen from motherfucking Call Her Daddy, one of the raunchiest podcasts run by two, two women out of New York, I believe. And we're going to talk about it because it's a podcast I actually listened to and it's a podcast that kind of, it didn't inspire this podcast, but it definitely gave me a little bit of fuel to the fire for this podcast. We're talking about that and we're going to talk about something I don't think anyone is talking about and it is why this happened. Everyone knows what happened. Everyone's at least heard half of the story, but no one is talking about why this happened. And I think I have a few really good reasons for why this happened that people aren't really talking about. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the podcast, and I'm going to tell you the feud that's been happening. You've already heard it, but maybe bring up some interesting points you haven't heard. So we're going to get into the fucking podcast. This is I Hate Everyone. Welcome to the I Hate Everyone podcast, the only podcast run by a 24-year-old black magician from Wisconsin with a combination, former director of the Houdini Museum of New York pre-COVID, featured in the New York Times, Complex, AM New York, Fox, NBC, and ABC. Woo! Today, we are talking about Call Her Daddy, and Call Her Daddy is one of the first podcasts I listened to. Like, I've only, honestly, I've only listened to maybe about six podcasts in my life, like, as a fan. Like, I'm not a huge fan of podcasts, ironically, even though I have my own podcast, and one of the reasons is because I don't like to hear other people's opinions about things before I form my own. And when I usually form my own, usually my mind's kind of like made up, if that makes sense. Like I don't want it to sound like I'm a closed-minded person because I consider myself relatively open-minded. However, I don't like to like listen to like political podcasts or anything like that. I will watch things on the internet, but that if I listen to a podcast, it's usually for like personal enjoyment, you know? And I can only like, you know, what are you gonna do? Watch a Netflix special or are you gonna like listen to a podcast? Typically, I'll watch Netflix, but every once in a while, a podcast comes along that piques my interest. And uh, I'll give you a few of those podcasts. Um, One of them is called The Art of Charm. Great podcast. You guys should listen to it for business networking. It teaches you a little bit about how to talk to people. That's a great one. One is Schnitt Talks, which is another Barstool Sports podcast. And I listen to that one because I enjoy hearing what a girl my age who lives in New York City is what what they're thinking about, I suppose. Like, pretty good representative people, I think. And another one that I like to listen to is Call Her Daddy. And Call Her Daddy... I will tell you is a podcast featuring two girls that are everyone keeps calling them mid 20s. I'm pretty sure they're almost 30, but they're two girls that live in New York that are just giving sex advice. That's really kind of all it is. There's not really any deeper thing to it. You could say, but I'm going to go into what I think they're trying to do or what they were trying to do, maybe. But it's this podcast that gives sex advice. If you listen to it, uh, one thing that you might hear is they'll just they kind of just talk to fill the space which is kind of what we all do but they talk in this way where they'll be like so you have your boyfriend over he wants a blowjob you give him a blowjob but you could also give him that glug glug super glue 9000 doggy style tongue and mouth cheeky babysitter nasty school teacher arrested because of nasty things they did in the classroom naked on a Sunday night Catholic church like they'll just say everything They will say, like, if you are listening to the podcast, do not listen with your mom in the car because that might ruin your relationship with your mom. But the podcast, is it good is the question. The first question is, is it good? And I I don't know what to tell you. Like, I listen to it because I like to be shocked and I think it's very interesting. Like, I don't think 
the call her daddy girls are a good representative of women. Like I listen to Schnitt talks because I feel like Ellie Schnitt, which is another like Barstool Sports podcast. Again, what I said, I think she is a good representative for a lot of like basic girls. Like I feel like I hope I don't know if you're a girl listening to this. I don't know if you agree, but like if I think of like a really basic girl, like in a sorority, like goes out drinking, wants to find a boy in love with someone named Mike. That's all they talk about. Like, that's, like, basic girl. So I can, like, kind of, like, listen to that, and I'm like, oh, this is this might be what some people are thinking, you know? But with the Barstool Sports Podcast, Call Her Daddy, that's not a podcast where I think many people would say what they say out loud. And I think that's why people like it, because it's a podcast. It's basically their, their voices are kind of, and I don't want to speak for women. Again, I can't speak for women, but from what I have seen, from what I've heard, I feel like their voices are what a lot of women like want in like a friend. Like every person, like I, if they were in a boy form or a man form, like I would want a friend like that. You know, your friend that will kind of say anything, your friend that will kind of do anything, your friend that kind of always has the answer, but it's always a little bit too much, but you can rationalize it down and negotiate from that answer. I think that's kind of what this podcast is because they give such extreme advice it's actually really interesting at least if you haven't listened to it yet so go listen to it from a perspective of i'm not saying it's a good podcast but i like to listen just to listen uh i'm kind of like a like a voyeur i guess like looking from the shadows so call her daddy is this podcast run by these two girls living in new york it was started by them they essentially just wanted to make a sex podcast and they just give sex advice and that's kind of as far as it goes. Now, the question is, what happened between them? Why are they trending in the news? Barstool is blowing up on social media, and it might be for the wrong reasons, but all press is good press. And right now, if you can get any press amid corona, if you can get any news attention, that's a plus because all brands are dying. And their brand only basically revolves around uh, advertising. You know, like at the core of what Barstool Sports is, it's an advertising firm, essentially. It's, it's, they sell media placement spots to get money and they create content that generates cash. So, like, by, Call her daddy creating this kind of what a lot of people from the Catholic Church, a lot of right wing conservatives would consider uh, extreme content. They're really, you know, if I tune in just to see what they say, which is what I do, it's like uh, it's 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 sensationalist a little bit. And again, it's not wrong or bad. I'm not like a prudy person. I think I'm pretty like open. So I think especially if you listen to my podcast about like fucking eating ass and shit like that, like it's it's uh, it's a podcast that I think it's meant to shock and like they're doing the right thing because not the right thing they're doing a good thing for themselves the right thing in terms of each other because they're making bank they are making bank so essentially the podcast started three years ago and they apparently are in this debacle right now because they tried to renegotiate their contracts and again this podcast today is about why why would they do this? Because you might say they had a pretty sweet deal. If you don't know the deal that they had, they were making $75,000 per year, which is above the quote unquote, I would say industry standard for media, especially at their age. I would say like the average or the median college graduate in um, New York makes 48K a year. They are maybe three or four years older than me. So like they're making around what they should have been making. You know what I mean? But actually... 
through, I think in their first year, they launched their podcast. It got bought by Barstool in a month because people were like, this shit's a gold mine. And they actually made, I believe, closer to half a million dollars in their first year. I'm not sure if it's their first or their second year, but close to one of the two, they made close to half a million dollars with outside partnerships. And they were also getting like raises based on how many like listeners they got, which is also a reason why they should be so sensationalist, you know? So if if they say crazy shit and that makes people tune in more, they get raises based on how many more listeners they get. And then they can prove their metrics to advertisers and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I can't fucking blame a I can't blame a bitch for getting a bag you know what I mean I can't like blame somebody for being like you're you're creating crazy shit because they're making half a million dollars a year you know what I mean so they are their contract originally stated for uh, 75k I believe and um it's kind of all started according to one of them um named Alex who's the blonde one and there's another one named Sophia who's the brown haired one it started when they thought that they weren't making uh, enough money, even though Alex, the blonde one, who this whole thing kind of centers around, is uh, was making more than her partner, and her partner did not realize this because her she was Alex was playing the role of the producer and the content maker at the same time. She was editing everything by herself while her partner kind of just sat there. Sophia just sat there and kind of just like reaped the benefits of Alex doing all this hard editing hours a week, and she detailed this in her. She had a video that she posted on YouTube. I think it was probably like 10 hours ago. So I'm trying to hop on this really quick because I have a lot of like uh, judgments about this. But again, we're going to talk about the why. So this all kind of started again when they wanted to renegotiate their contracts. And they an interesting thing of one piece of the why is they probably have been thinking about this for a long time. Also in their contracts, it stated that they had the ability to renegotiate because you never know. You know, you never know. I've been watching a lot of things on this. A lot of the bar school boys that are talking about this are saying that you never know, uh, for instance, something's going to blow up, you know, and they blew up and became like in the top 30 podcasts in America, millions of listeners, millions of fans, millions of dollars in merch. And they were able to uh, create this, this this very thick brand like it's very very thick you know and the best brand i believe the best like companies have something uh my friend cameron braxton told me this he said you have an you have an inside joke with that company you know if you say if i see a girl and i'm all like uh hey father like if i say that that's their tagline they call their fans fathers like you know exactly what i'm talking about if you know if you know you know you know what I mean? There's not like a lot of things in the world that have such strong word association with their brand where I don't have to say like, call her daddy. You know what I mean? Like what if you say like Dora the Explorer, like, you know, everyone knows Dora the Explorer. If you sing the song Dora, Dora, Dora you're identifying Dora in the song. But if I say, hey, man, swiper, no swiping, like, you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. That's like an inside joke between us. That's like a, a thing unique to Dora the fucking Explorer. And they were the Dora the Explorer of podcasts, I, I suppose, exploring the land of sexuality for women. And essentially, you could say this is a feminist podcast. You I don't know if they would say that because I think it might alienate some of their audience. I think, let me try to explain this. They are, in essence, you could say a feminist podcast because they are podcasting about sex. They're podcasting about kind of liberated women things, as you would say. I guess liberated person things. It is it, is it, uh, I can't talk. It isn't exclusive to women. They are liberated women 
talking about whatever they want to talk about. And it's to the point where they all just say, like, you know, like, you're giving head, but I'm out here fucking giving the twisty, twisty 9,000 finger up the ass. Like, they're, like, really, really specific, which is, which is, um interesting at the least i'll listen to it on the train sometimes i'm like oh no not now i'll look down i'm like no no why am i getting sexually aroused listening to a podcast and i think that's the reason why a lot of people listen to the podcast honestly because i think i'm not sure whether the podcast is for men or for women because it's a you could argue i keep saying you could argue it's a feminist podcast however they also take on this persona that uh, we've been talking about for the last few years, the cool girl persona. You know, they, they give they give up this persona kind of where they would say something like, you know, if you have a girlfriend and she's not giving you head, dump that sack of shit. Like, they'll say shit like that. And it's kind of something where it's like guys will be like, yeah, f- finally, finally, a, a hot girl gets it. A hot girl. Yes. Yes. A girl saying exactly what I thought. I'm going to listen to this. You know, that's what they're kind of doing. So it's kind of hand it's kind of like which one is it is it like for women is it not for women and honestly they catch both people because it's it's on a sports channel essentially so they can get the guys that kind of want some more feminine content which is everyone you know not everyone wants super masculine content all the time even though guys want to admit it like guys crave people crave feminine content women crave more masculine content that's just how it is you know and i think that if you can tap into that that's when you create something special and that's kind of what they did but it's also it's also interesting because i was talking to a friend about this and i was saying that i feel like people especially women and this is me i said i feel like and please hit me in the dms at rj the magic hand if you disagree about any of this shit like i want to know your opinion because again i'm not a girl i can only tell you what i observe and i can only tell you what i think and again this isn't an advice podcast because i don't give advice i don't give good advice especially but i think that women enjoy listening to it because it's one the person that they kind of wish they could be you know i feel like every i won't say every a lot of women that are kind of suppressed living in places like Wisconsin. I have a lot of friends like this that post about this podcast. You know, they say the things that they wish they could say. You know, women, a lot of times when you live in like a Republican place and all your friends are Republican and you just never wanted to leave because your family's there or something like that, which is, I would say, a large percentage of the population. It's, you know, you can't like say things that are like taboo because people will be like, why are you so weird? Like, oh my God, you're so, oh, she's gross. She's nasty. She's a slut. You know, they'll say shit like that. So it's kind of a way to vent almost like when you watch a crime show and you see some like violence, you're like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. It's like, you're never going to actually kill somebody, but you know, like watching somebody do it might give you a little bit of a cathartic release. And like, whether you believe that or not, that's something that is like uh, a fact, you know, that's something that a lot of people watch. Like, but we watch violence and we watch like love stories because we, we can see that we won't ever have that shit. So it's like a fantasy a little bit, whether it's a good or bad fantasy, you know. So I think they create this kind of fantasy woman that people either want to be or wish was their best friend. And I was talking to someone about this and my friend Caroline was like, you know, well, I'm I'm liberal. Like, I, I, I'm a liberal person. You know, I'm I'm, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, I'm not saying you aren't. But I'm saying when you get around men, if you got around a guy you don't know, you would not be like, yeah, I eat ass and I put my finger up people's assholes. Like you wouldn't have, you wouldn't say that. And if you think you would, please send me a video. Let me post it on my fucking uh, <laughs> Instagram story and tag you in it. Because like, unless you're willing to go that far, this is what they are doing. They took that risk 
and like you could say that this stuff would be online forever you know and if this didn't work out they took a really big gamble which i think is relatively brave i think i say relatively brave because again they're only talking about sex like and it's like but no one's really done this before so they're also trailblazers so i go back and forth i'm like ah no one's done it before but but they're just talking about sex but sex is really taboo with women so they're risking a lot but at the same time it's like but they're really hot and they knew that this would work so it's like uh, back and forth back and forth back and forth so they created this brand a million dollar brand they bring in a huge percentage of money for barstool sports apparently podcast brings in over 35 percent i think it was 30 it's either 30 or 35 percent of barstool's revenue which is a shit ton they have so much content um and most of it is or a good chunk of it comes from the podcast so you might say these girls had a contract for 75k they made almost 10 times that they made almost 10 times that from their all their different like forms of revenue. They became famous. They're now influencers. They made the New York Post and different like things like that, different write-ups and shit. They are killing it. So why would they essentially in the video if you watch it, they split up. They're not on speaking terms. Why would they do that? Well, essentially Sophia, the brown-haired girl, essentially Sophia didn't like her end of the deal because she has a new boyfriend that she always refers to in the podcast named suit man always in the podcast she's talking about the suit man thing i don't know why she didn't use his name his name is apparently peter nelson or nielsen or something like that peter nelson who's actually uh the senior vice president of sports for hbo big wig big wig in town like he's somebody that you don't see unless he wants to see you you know what i mean so that's uh essentially who she's dating and she's dating this man who gave her the advice that they should try to get their IP, which stands for intellectual property. And people keep saying IP this, IP that. I don't know if people are just not wanting to explain what IP is or if they just don't know because no one has explained it properly. So I'm going to try to explain it to the fullest extent that I know. So IP, intellectual property, is essentially like the right, like it's like in, kind of like in copyright law where you're able to take um, the idea. So, for instance, uh, one of my one of my kids that I used to watch at summer camp, I'm really close with this family that let me stay here when I first got here. Uh, his dad owns Cooking Mama and the IP for Cooking Mama, which means he legally is able to go anywhere he wants and pitch the idea for a Cooking Mama movie for another Cooking Mama game. Blah, 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 say blah. You know, they're able because you have this intellectual property, you are in control of the idea of that and everything that falls under that jurisdiction. So by having um with with essentially Sophia and Alex both wanted from Barstool was like they wanted this uh, x amount of money for like a raise. They wanted this and that and then they also wanted uh their intellectual property. And that's important because with the intellectual property, you're able to take that and they can make a TV show. They can make another podcast. They can make two other podcasts. They could make any kind of merch they want. They have the right to do that because of that. But if they don't have the intellectual property, even though it has their name on it, they don't have the right to any of that shit. And again, I read a I read a book. I don't know um, if I told you guys about this, but the book was written by Sarah Crass, and she's a lawyer in New York, and she wrote a book called Owning Your Magic. And specifically, this is a book for magicians about how they can own their intellectual property. Because if you think about a magic trick, it's not you know you can't be like, hey, you made a card appear, I own that, you know. So this is kind of like a good uh, comparison, because with intellectual property, uh, I could, for instance, if you don't copyright. This is a copyright law, so it's a little bit different. But if you don't copyright your name, so Sophia Franklin, if she doesn't copyright her name, for instance, 
I could take her name and make a product under the name Sophia Franklin. And I guess she could try to sue me. I'm not exactly sure how that works. But as far as I know, you can literally take someone's name, make products, put it out under them because and copyright it before them. And if they don't copyright it, they're going to have to spend a lot of money trying to get you to not do shit like that. You know what I mean? So I could literally make a porn site called SophiaFranklin.com, find some girl that looks exactly like her and then put her in this porn. I might get sued for like defamation or something like that. But still, that's besides the point. You can do this. So it's important to have this intellectual property. And that's what I think people are not are not explaining so essentially this big wig at hbo her boyfriend suit man is told her and the other one sophia and alex sophia's the brown-haired one is dating suit man told them that they should take their intellectual property and also try to get more money how much money he told them they should get like over half a million each i don't know how much he told them they should get how much he said that they're worth but they got that offer so i know it's at least that much you know, they got that offer from Barstool. They negotiated their contract, renegotiated their contract, renegotiated their contract multiple times, and they ended up coming out with over half a million dollars each. And their intellectual property, which means they would be making half a million dollars a year each. I'm assuming there's also clauses based on metrics, which means that they hit a million listeners or however much it is, they'd get like a $10,000 bonus per episode, something, 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 you know. So essentially, they would still be probably getting those bonuses. I can only assume, you know, that they'd be getting those bonuses, especially because this last year and the year before that, they made $500,000 each already. So it wouldn't make sense that they would only make $500,000 a year for this third year. It doesn't make sense that they wouldn't give them bonuses. So I'm assuming that there was bonuses also in there. So they probably had the potential to make upwards of a million, you know, just assuming that they double what they made. So they had the potential to make upwards of a million and they had the potential and the ability to go and take their show anywhere, to take their radio show anywhere. They had the ability to make a YouTube channel, make multiple YouTube. They could do whatever the fuck they wanted to just podcast once a week, you know. But Sophia, the one who was with the suit man, the one who was with the guy that runs HBO Sports, wasn't happy with that because he told them to get more. Now, the question is why? We're finally here. We have arrived. The vehicle has stopped. We are parked. Why? Why? Because you can follow me on Instagram at RJ the Magic Can. RJ the Magic Can. Not magician. Shoot me a DM. Tell me what you think of the episode so far. But we're getting back into it. Why would he do this? I personally believe if you've been watching the news, that this guy knows a lot about the ins and outs of the industry. One thing that he might have been keeping an eye on is, or there's two things. One kind of set the precedent, I believe, was Dave Chappelle on Netflix. Dave Chappelle got that juicy $50 million deal on Netflix, which was unprecedented at the time. He was, because he took his content, made it exclusive on one media channel, they paid him so much money because they believed that his brand would bring that many people, new people, to Netflix. At least that's what I think. I, they could have different reasons, but that's what seems most logical. So, so, using that model, I would assume is the same model used for Spotify and their juicy new deal that was announced this week with Joe, Joe, not Joe Budden, what's his fucking name? accidentally called him Joe Budden, which is someone else you should also watch out for, but I meant Joe Rogan. Sorry, Joe Rogan, who has that podcast. I do not listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. Low-key, I think Joe Rogan's podcast is like for people who really think they're smart, and he kind of just panders to that. Low-key, but that's a story for another day. But Joe Rogan is a comedian, which I respect as a fellow comedian. I'm also a magician, comedy magician. Not quite 
not quite on Joe Rogan's level yet. I'm 24. Give me some time. But Joe Rogan has this podcast that, well, I feel like people are like, this is stupid. This is dumb. And he stuck to it. He stuck to it and kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it for like 10 years. And now Joe Rogan has 100 million dollar deal with Spotify. He has a $100 million deal with Spotify that apparently boosted their stock by, I believe the article said 11%, which is incredible. And what it's not because, I don't believe that it's because Joe Rogan is worth so much that he's an asset, like buying like a chain of islands. Like, I don't believe that. But what I do believe is that they believe that that Joe Rogan making this kind of like a Spotify original, this podcast will bring a ton of listeners and it'll also be the kickoff to their kind of original content wave on Spotify that they're going to try to do a lot like Netflix. And they're trying to pitch this to their investors as like the Netflix of, uh, of radio, I suppose, the Netflix of music. So by acquiring Joe Rogan and getting kind of the biggest name and podcast out there, they're kind of setting fire kind of like Netflix for everyone to come to them and start pitching them their ideas for podcast content. And maybe they'll go on to video because Spotify does have video. And then they also are able, um, Spotify owns Joe Rogan on YouTube now. So they own all of his content. So it's kind of what you would call in the music industry, a 360 deal. A lot of rappers talk about 360 deals. Um, it's essentially uh, it's a deal that opens the floodgates, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Charlemagne the God, if we see uh, I think Ti has a podcast, if we see Joe Budden, people like all these kind of like podcasting people. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some like really interesting moves from them in the next few years. But you have to remember this Peter guy that she's dating, Suit Man, is in the industry. He's deep in the industry in HBO, and HBO is no is no stranger to comedy. HBO is definitely no stranger to comedy. I'd say that they're one of the biggest uh, people, I guess, in the last 20 years that have been supporters of comedy, including Comedy Central, Netflix, um, and I can't really think of anyone else who really has comedy, but there's probably a few. FX has a little bit of comedy. (coughs) Cough, cough, corona. I did not mean to cough in the microphone. I want to edit that out, but this last tense was so good, I have to keep going. So, we're going to keep going. So, I'm willing to bet Again, this is speculation, but I'm willing to bet Suitman Boyfriend knew something about this deal. Or if if not, at the least, he knew the potential to get more money. And Joe Rogan has 8.7 million, I'm saying million, followers on YouTube. Caller Daddy has about 242, I think it's 247, something like that, thousand. So they literally, what is that? So 200,000 times five, that'd be one million. So five times and then eight. Joe Joe Rogan has about 40 times the following of Call Her Daddy, give or take. You know, it's a different demographic, but just for numbers sake, let's say he has about 40 times the following. So even with that, if you take his huge $100 million check and divide that by like 40, theoretically, if you're her boyfriend and you're doing the math and he went to Harvard, so I guess he can do math. He went to Harvard. To Harvard for for fucking ancient Greek, like I don't even think it's ancient Greek history. I think it's just ancient Greek, which is like, dude, you didn't get into Harvard. Stop roasting him. But yeah, I didn't get into Harvard. I could never get into Harvard. But at the same time, it's like, how the fuck do you become like a VP of HBO when you studied ancient Greek? So like, I I don't even know, man. Like I don't even know. So if he like, 
let's say he did this math, right? Let's say he did this math and he was like, well, they're worth at least one fortieth what what Joe what Joe Rogan's worth. You know, that's still millions of dollars. And they were offered a million dollars total, five hundred thousand each. And again, they had the potential with their IP, like I would have estimated that they could have made a cool two to three million this year if they played their cards right. You know what I mean? And like they're really like on track to make that. So like the fact that um it's really a hard decision. It's like do you take the risk and this is this is this is the d- debate that no one's really having. Do you take the risk if you're just trying to do just just be a powerful woman? You're just trying to be a powerful woman. You're just trying to do your thing. You're just trying to get your bag. You're just trying to get your show to have as much resources as possible. Do you go for that juicy $10 million contract and shop it exclusively with somebody else? You know, like if you have call her daddy only on fucking let's fuck it cartoon network that's not a thing that's not a thing never will be a thing but can you imagine how many people would sign up to watch fucking cartoon network streaming service if car if call her daddy was only available on that like a lot of people would like not be their fans anymore a lot of you guys probably would stop listening to their podcast but at the same time like they'd get at least like i would say at least ten thousand people signing up you know what i mean if you charge like I don't know, $5 a month, 12 months a year, that's, what, 60 bucks a year, that's times, that's at least over half a million dollars, that's their, you know, a little salary paid right there, so, I mean, these are, like, very rudimentary numbers, you know, it goes so much beyond just slashing, slashing, dividing, dividing, it goes so much beyond that, and it goes, also goes with merch, with, with all the, the show ideas that they could have, getting money per episode, all the royalties that they have, all, all that shit, you know, all goes into it. And that's how people make money with podcasts and whatnot. But that's, that's you know, that's, that's the, the basic idea of it, you know, like just looking at it logistically, if I was their agent, I probably would have said they could have gotten more money. But the question is, do you want more money? Because Barstool Sports kind of put them on, you know, Barstool, Barstool Sports, um, after the first month kind of like acquired them, you know, and they really pushed them and put their, they called them their multi-million dollar marketing machine. They pushed that shit on them. And they, that was what kind of helped to launch his podcast. I have no doubts if they went with another company. They'd be uh, as successful, maybe a little bit less successful in my opinion, but I think it's, it's interesting at the least because they, they could have gotten more money, but, with their IP that Barstool, Barstool helped to craft and with the money that they put into it and also with their opportunity for bonuses, it, it seems a little greedy. It seems a little greedy. However, again, they're women in the entertainment industry typically paid less than men. Go get your bag. You know, go, go get your bag. So the question is, everyone's mad because Alex, the blonde one, made this video about what happened over the last two years and how this came to kind of like a boiling point. And Alex made this video and everyone is supporting her because they think that Sophia shouldn't have been so greedy wanting more money because essentially this whole idea to get more money came from her boyfriend, Peter, that, again, only Sophia is dating. Alex is not. But apparently there's a lot of shady business. They're taking a lot of fucking meetings. Alex was on the side trying to see if she could get her own show and or get them to do something different. And they kept signing or almost signing contracts and reneging the deal, going back, adding terms, blah, blah, blah. So now Alex is 
it's really interesting because Alex is coming out. She's coming out as smart because <laughs> I watched this video and you can tell that Alex is very, very smart. And it's I, I, I've like very much underestimated her because when I watch the videos, I kind of just assume they were like funny idiots, like low key. I, I don't want you guys like come at me or hate me, but I just thought they were like funny and just like you know, like, kind of sexy, like, funny, sexy idiots, you know, like, I just, they didn't, they never gave me anything, all they talk about is suit man and sex, so they never gave me any reason to believe that they were smart, but listening to Alex talk, she has a very good grasp on media, she's a content editor, she's a media kind of, like, savant, it sounds like, she knows uh, how to tell stories, she knows how to write, she knows how to edit, she knows how to, like, you know do partnerships she knows how to create a brand like calling everyone the daddy gang saying like just call her daddy's a great name just all this all this stuff calling them the fathers is such like so it's genius like all this stuff is genius and she kind of alluded to the fact and you can also see the fact that this was kind of all her idea it kind of all seems like it was her idea and she also did a lot of the work or does a lot of the work currently and now she signed the contract because she was not trying to have Sophia the brown haired one with suit man I, I get them confused so I'm trying to be very specific she didn't want um, Sophia did not want to sign this contract because suit man is telling her that she can make more money so this is essentially the T but when you get down to it I believe Again, I believe that Suitman knew the potential either because he had inside information about the podcasting industry and where this may be going or because he just knew that they were worth more than half a million dollars each. And objectively, yes, but with all the deals and incentives they have and because they should have loyalty to a company that essentially put them on, is this right? is the question so people are tearing Sophia apart she had to remove some of her comments from Instagram people are tearing her a fucking part it is wild some people are defending her I've seen some comments that are like how are how are you gonna get mad at suit man for just for just trying to get his woman the most amount of money possible and there's a few reasons why people would be mad but it's a good it's a good point if I had a lady and I was like let's say a lawyer an executive or something like that I knew a lot about the industry and she needed some help to get some more money like you don't she, she you know like it's not my job to be like you don't need more money you know what I mean it's not my job especially because he's probably making twice that as a senior VP as a of uh, HBO you know he's probably making a million a year two million a year through I don't know how much he's making but you know he, if, if, if I was dating a woman and let's say I was in love with her they've been dating about a year and I'm trying to be objective. You know, I, I, I'm trying to be objective. I'll tell you straight up, I agree with Alex. I agree with the blonde one. I agree with Alex, the one that says they should have taken the deal just because Barstool has done so much for them. And I think that Barstool's a cool company. And I think they fit in really well. And I love the podcast. You know, I don't, I, fuck, I said love the podcast. I like the podcast. However, for objectivity's sake, no one's really talking about this. So I'm going to get into this side. For objectivity's sake. If I was dating a woman and I was in love with her and she was beautiful and she gave me that glug glug 9000 also, also, this is another thing, another factor to it. What, what would what would I do if she asked for help and I could 100% help and I knew the industry in and out, you know, I would probably help her, you know, try to get the most amount of money possible. The thing is, they did it in a kind of a, a sneaky, underhanded way, taking these secret meetings, kind of fucking her partner over, kind of apparently they had multiple meetings with a guy named El Prez. A presidente 
the president of Barstool, they had multiple meetings with them where they would say, we're going to sign. Or I guess specifically, Sophia was saying, yes, I'm going to sign and take it back. I want more money. And Alex described it as playing whack-a-mole. Every time they said, they said, you know, you have a year left in your contract. She said, I want six months left. They're like, deal. And they're, she's like, I want, um, they're like, you can have this much amount, um, this much money. And she goes, I want $500,000 a year. And they're like, deal. And then they're like, you can have uh, 5% of your alcohol. And she goes, I want 20%. And they're like, deal. And then, you know, they kept just giving her deal, 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 deal. So she was really set like I like again I'm saying she could have made a cool like three million I personally believe like just just to, through a little bit more work but someone specifically suit man was advising her not to take that and the interesting thing people are saying is how are you gonna have a feminist podcast and have a man basically dictate your career and fuck it up for you now we're getting close to the end of this remember you can follow me on Instagram RJ the magic hand tell me what you think Barstool, if you're listening, you can also hire me. You can hire me. You don't have any magicians. But the question is, one, people are like, this. how do you have a feminist podcast about being a liberated woman and let a man dictate? Well, one, is, is this point invalid if it's not a feminist podcast? Maybe Sophia doesn't view this as a feminist podcast. Maybe she's just talking about sex and she just wants to talk about sex. You know, so... Is it intrinsically a feminist podcast? Is are two women that talk about sex automatically feminists or or advocates for the feminism community? I don't know. I, re I really don't like. Again, I can't, I can't tell you too much. I don't know. It's just a question. But if it wasn't a feminist podcast, does that make a difference? You know, I I don't know. That's another question. The second thing is, we also and again, again, I focus i thrive on being subjective i try to be subjective with anything with anything and we're going to talk about next week maybe today i'll record it maybe i'll release it today i don't fucking know we're going to talk about joe biden and what he said about fucking he recently said if you don't vote for me you ain't black on the breakfast club and i've had to defend kind of black republicans with my friends i'm not a black republican i'm very liberal but you know i i try to see it from both perspectives so i'm going to release that episode i'm going to have my friend devin who's a like a really active political organizer in milwaukee wisconsin which is a the most segregated city in the world, I believe, according to the USA Today, for years running. So I'm going to have him on the podcast. I don't usually have guests, but I really need someone to help me explain it. And also, I'm not a huge politics person, so that's it. But we're going to we're going to get back to that. But we're going to record that tonight. So stay tuned for that in the future. But it's we have to try to see this as objective. And objectively, he was trying to get more money for his lady. However, they are not like apparently official which is like does it matter if they're official or not and then it's just interesting people on the instagram are like spilling the tea and roasting her being like so suit man still didn't make the instagram huh he's, but it's like did he ruin the second thing is did he ruin her career like this is a move i believe that a smart company will come along like maybe a company like Spotify, you know, maybe a company like Anchor, you know, maybe a company like Stitcher, maybe a company like HBO will come along and offer her something 
it won't be the same without without her partner um alex excuse me it won't be the same without alex because alex did a lot of the work in the video editing in the audio editing so she is responsible a podcast isn't just talking a podcast is stylistic you know so like she is part of the she is influencing the style of the podcast and editors essentially we call them in the industry seconds like they're like the second directors because you can get a video put it together but you can edit it and it can be completely different you can tell a completely different story so that's uh that's another thing that i think is is important to note that you know she i think a smart company would go get her is that the right decision for for Alex and the podcast? Is that the right decision for setting a precedent for business practice in general? I don't know, but the I don't know many of these again. I don't know many of the answers to these, but that's a, it's that's a really easy way to guarantee for a company to guarantee a million dollars. Just snatch up fucking snatch up uh, Sophia when she's out there feeling alone while she's sad while she's not getting she's probably getting a shit ton of offers right now and again she didn't do a ton of work she was kind of like you know Alex was the really the force behind call her daddy but you know it's she has 800,000 something followers you know she has a brand that's recognized by millions and she is in videos with millions of views so I mean it would be smart just as an advertising tool you know just to have her you know like and honestly using her as a tool to get like you know whatever you want to do and you know that's whether that's right or wrong whatever you know if you get the bag you get the bag you know so that's i'm this is me scratching my beard this is these thoughts are interesting because i just i don't know who to support i do know who to support yeah fucking alex i like alex now i fuck with alex now followed her on instagram i wanted to show her my support so i followed her on instagram followed her on youtube and i followed her i followed call her daddy on youtube and i never subscribed to shit like i never subscribed to shit i say like hey subscribe to my podcast like i am such a hypocrite because i do not but i was like you know what if i can do anything like she deserves this because i don't know watch you have to watch the video it's it feels really heartfelt and she was just trying to like give her fans what they want and at the same time make the most amount of money for herself possible because one thing she mentions in the video and again there's not been a rebuttal from Sophia Sophia has not told her side of the story quote unquote but also there's probably a few reasons one is because she can't tell that side of the story without Superman being in the background and two and two uh, I think it probably went exactly how they say it went like she just honestly wants more money and then it's like you know whatever but kind of that's kind of the question you know is this anyone's fault i can't judge for you You can probably tell what what i'm feeling right now so i mean like yeah (laughs) it's definitely somebody's fault did he ruin her career like i guess we'll have to find out we'll only can only find out i think he can pull enough strings where he can like you know get get something done you know what i mean mr harvard could probably like you know pull some fucking strings fucking geppetto that shit you know like get that uh get get the bag for her i suppose he could probably do that but at the same time maybe she ruined her bag uh her brand you know i think the if she does anything within the next six months i think that the the caller daddy hive like you know like the, the beehive the caller daddy's uh crew i think they'll tear her apart you know i think they will tear her apart and i think they'll like dislike report anything that she does just because i think people feel very strongly about this because this is during a time of corona also we have to remember that they were offered half a million each at a time where 30 million americans lost their jobs and this because this was recently this was very recently so this is another thing that we have to consider that she that she had the opportunity to make millions didn't want it because she thought she could make some more somewhere else even though like 
companies are laying off people left and right. Fucking all the content companies and shit like that are laying off people left and right. So that's these are the questions. These are the questions. These are hard decisions. And one thing that is hilarious is El Capitan, the president of Barstool Sports, has been taking over their Instagram, and it is hilarious because he's like literally like a fifty-year-old dad who's like, "Yeah, I'm on the Instagram. Like, I have a PSA, public service announcement." He put out a press release on the Instagram. It's just a document that's like, "Yeah, you know, we've been releasing a bunch of memes about this because it's like such a millennial company." You know, it's such a millennial company that in response to all this, they haven't made a podcast in weeks. They've been um, just MIA, you know, as they're trying to negotiate. They're already negotiating out of trying to negotiate out of a contract because they're already in a contract. So really, like him offering the money was extremely generous because they were already in a contract and him changing the terms of this contract was extremely generous again because they have another year to go. But they're pulling in so much money, you know, he kind of like was like, you know, fuck it. Like, why not? You know, and he he did what he could. But he released this press release that said, you know, we've been releasing a barrage of memes on them. And we thought about it. And we're like, should we be doing this? Is this ethical? And he's like, fuck it. Like, I don't give a shit. We're going to continue to release memes. And the, the interesting thing, the interesting thing about this, or I guess another interesting thing, the thing that I really want to see is whether this will cross over. So I'm wondering if this will make Peter potentially lose his job at HBO for like, so the question is what, why would he lose his job? You know, and everyone's trying to do cancel suit, man. That's the hashtag cancel suit, man. You know, he has enough money to like, try to like bury this shit. You know what I mean? He can do his best, but I'm wondering if kind of like the meddling, and I guess him maybe having a conflict of interest with Barstool Sports being a multi-million dollar media company and HBO also being a media company. I'm wondering if he could lose his job from this. You know, like cancel culture is strong. Again, whether you like it or hate it, like it's it's whatever. And I don't know if this it dis- dictates that, you know, but people are saying that like he kind of like is forcing her, not forcing her, but like she shouldn't listen to him like she's getting like like trapped or swayed or she's like, you know, listening to her boyfriend and she should be like doing her or whatever, you know. So it's it'll be really interesting to watch because this isn't something that I believe has happened in my lifetime at least a lot of things are like that right now that are happening where i'm just kind of amazed that these things are happening so we will see what happens but that is the why that is the story of barstool sports call her daddy the fucking slobby gobbies gibbity dibbity dibbity zippity dive groundhog day obamacare 500 that's I can't do it. Like, I'm not as good as they are, you know. I'm just, I'm not a hot girl. So, welcome to the end of my podcast. I am going to do a hard relaunch starting this week. So, I'm going to be putting shit on Instagram. You can follow it at the I Hate Everyone podcast. I believe it's underscores I underscore hate underscore everyone underscore podcast. And you can also follow me at RJ the Magic Can. I'm going to be releasing some clips. I'm going to be doing some stories. I'm going to be doing a bunch of shit. So make sure you follow, subscribe to the podcast on Apple and whatever service you use. Anyway, so we've come to the end. And I think this this is might be <clears throat> one of my best podcasts ever. I think this this is just a super interesting topic, and I think it's very relevant, and I live in New York, so it's kind of, uh, yeah, 
I don't know. I think this is a good podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy listening to you guys. Can listen to my other ones. I have a great one again about eating ass. Great ones about Instagram. Great ones about there's one about schnit talk and bar stools. So just go back, look through the catalog, see what you like, share the podcast, shoot me a DM, be my friend. Remember next week, next week, or maybe whenever this shit comes out. I'm not exactly sure. We're recording it tonight at about 5 p.m. We're gonna have Devin on, and he's gonna we're kind of we're gonna talk about Joe Biden and his comment about black people because in reality, I don't want to get into it too much, but in reality, he said if if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. So what he's saying is essentially like <laughs> what he's saying is like if you are black and you don't vote for me, you're not black. And I don't think challenging people is the way to win an election, especially when we lost by so so little last time. Technically, we won. So, I mean, I think this is interesting. I want Devin to explain kind of some of Joe Biden's beliefs because I think he follows this really well. And I don't think a lot of us know what he's actually trying to do. You know what I mean? And then we're going to talk a little bit about Obama. We're going to talk about being best friends from high school. He's my best friend. And we're also going to talk about just life. So, yeah, listen to that podcast. Whenever it comes out, I will let you guys know, but follow me on Instagram to find out. Anyway, this is I Hate Everyone, the only 24-year-old black magician in Wisconsin, RJ the Magician, signing off. Have a good day, and remember to go follow Alex on her social media. Right, see you guys later.